Welcome everyone to the Road by Road Garden Show, the best dead gum garden show on the internet. And we got Miss Jennifer with us today. Uh, Miss Jennifer is Fancy Girl Farms, aka Jennifer <laughs> from the big city of Hayhire, Georgia. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me back. It's a pleasure. Yeah, we're talking flowers today. We're getting some insights from a flower farmer. How about that? That's right. Everybody enjoys growing flowers as well as I do. But it can be kind of complicated. It can be overwhelming sometimes. But our goal is to make it simple for you, make it be successful for you to grow flowers in your vegetable garden or just in your flower garden. Mm -hmm. So in my vegetable garden, man, we rocking in this fall, but we've had a lot of rain. Yes. Yes, it has put, I, I think all farmers are behind. We're, we are behind on getting our fields prepped for our fall planting because the ground is too saturated to get the tractor in. <laughs> yeah, I talked to somebody yesterday and they said the animals were lining up two by two. Yes. <laughs> So we're, uh, we're, we've had the most, we've had one of the wettest years, mm -hmm. I'm going to say summer going into the fall as I can remember. I'm behind, way behind on getting a lot of my stuff done as well. But you know, it's time to be thinking about getting some mustards, turnips, and things mm -hmm. like that into the ground. I, I hadn't done it, but just as soon as I have that opportunity, I'm going to direct seed me some mustard and turnips and things like that. I normally shoot for around the first of October. But I think as soon as the weather allows, I'm going to get there and get it done. And we're fortunate being in the South that we, we have wiggle room. So I always, I always like to have a little, you know, we've got that little bit of wiggle room um, because it, it's going to stay a little warmer. And if we do get a cool snap, it seems to warm back up pretty quickly. So yeah. I always feel like some or this fall transition, we get a little bit of wiggle room in there. <laughs> we can go from cool in the morning to hot in the afternoon yes. in a hurry. <laughs> yes. You know, in cover crops, winter cover crops, it's soon to be time to be thinking about those. The ideal time for zone eight, which is where we at, for cool weather cover crops is October 1st to 15th. That is a great window right there. And I tell you the reason that is a great window, and this is one thing you people in other zones may look at. Look at your lawn and when those winter weeds start appearing, that is when you need to be planting those uh, winter cool season cover crops. That's an ideal uh, time to tell when you need to get them in the ground. And for here, it's October 1st through 15th. We have wiggle room, as you say, above and beyond that. But if you're going to hit it nail on the head, you want to yeah. hit it within those 15 days. And what's your favorite cover crop to put in right now? Clovers. My clovers okay. are always, <laughs> always been my favorite. You know, I, we do a lot of other things, but clovers to me, because I just love clover. I love to see the bees working them in the fall. I, I did red clover last mm -hmm. year and I did white, but the white didn't do as well for me. You did a white dutch? I can't remember now. There's I a white that. dutch that is a, that we sell. The white dutch is a lot more heat tolerant okay. and it lasts a lot longer. And I tell people, if you got a plot that's going to lay up there to the end of May that you need something to stretch out, you want to go with that white because it doesn't produce as well as early on as those crimsons and some of those right. others. They do better early season. In the white, um, good for the bee. I mean, because that's normally, that's why I looked at the white, because we do have um, beehives on our property. So I was trying to make sure that I had a fall cover crop in that would help with the pollen, you know, help with our pollinators through the winter. It will. And it's a lot more heat tolerant. So it'll take right. the heat a lot more than what we, the crimson's will. Okay. The crimson yeah, I did the red. And of course, I always do hairy fetch. 
uh, crimson, and then a winter rye. We mm -hmm. make, I, just, I usually just do a mix. You know, the winter <laughs> rye Harry Vex mix is what I recommend a lot. That is a that's, great that's mix. My right. yep. <laughs> that's my that go-to. That's my go-to mix. A, that's a great mix right there to do. I always recommend that. If you don't know what to do, and this is your first year planting mm -hmm. cool season crop crops, mix that rye with Harry Vex, and I guarantee you, you'll be you'll be blown away with the results. You'll be pleased. So, yep. Please. All right, and uh, let's talk about just for a minute. What have you got going on in the flower farm? Right uh, we are busy gearing up for our hardy annual planting. So hardy annuals are those flowers that we plant in the fall, that winter over, and they're the first to bloom in the spring. And so right now we are sowing seeds. Uh, we are trying to get our fields prepped because like you said, we've got to get cover crops that are in the ground now turned under so they have time to decompose. Um, that's also, we tried to do our soil samples to get those pulled, but everything's just been so wet. So right now it's always a lot of seed sowing for our hardy annuals um, because we try to get those transplants in the ground by mid-October mm -hmm. um, because our typical first frost date is around November 15th. Mm -hmm. So we try to get you know four to six weeks in the ground so they develop a good root system in the ground before it gets cold um and then we're trying to like i said we're trying to get our beds prepped and ready for that now we're trying to just get things cleaned up tidied up around the farm um tunnels are built pulling out making sure we've got frost cloth ready to go and, and all those good things for winter what is your go-to cool flowers what's the ones that you would recommend the ones you really count on um for the home gardener definitely the snapdragons because they um, they have good germination, they're they're fairly easy to start from seed. Um, they winter over beautifully. They take uh, they take frost really well. There's not they're not fussy. Um, so those are that's my go-to. Uh, Sweet William is another that's really good. Um, I mean, I've got a list of about 25 that we're doing. Um, but sweet pea, actually sweet peas. <laughs> yep. Um, I heard you don't see a lot of people grow sweet peas in South Georgia, but I did last year. I did a, a trial patch where we started them in the um, we started the seed uh, in the greenhouse, uh, or no, I'm sorry, in the cool. We have a, a cool room. We have a cooler, and we put the temperature at about 68, so it's a, a cool ambient air. And we've got our heat mat, and we so we started our sweet peas. We planted them out in uh, late October. Um, they do require frost protection from frost. But they were beautiful. They're now, granted, when they come on in the spring, they come on, and when the heat picks up, they're gone. Right. So there's not a they don't have a lot of a uh, long bloom time. Mm -hmm. But they smelled so good, and people were just amazed. Like you can grow sweet peas. Oh yeah, you can grow them. <laughs> they're just, just yeah. a little fussy, but they're but the rewards are, are yeah. amazing. So your snapdragons, we've got snapdragons that we planted in our trays in the greenhouse. Mm -hmm. I know there's a trick to this, but how do you get one seed? down <laughs> those are the smallest seeds we they, so we've got like a little toothpick yeah and we do that but the i tell you thing, the, yeah. the first tray is always really nice and the second tray is okay but when we get to the third and fourth tray at that point you're like and, you, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you just go well i'll just thin them when they're done right. Yeah. Because it's like dust. It is. They are like dust. Yeah, but we got a, we got a few implanted, and I didn't realize how thick they were planted. I carried the girls from the office out yeah. there, and that was probably my mistake. I should have stayed uh, 
stayed on them a little bit more than what I did, but I, they, they got a little carried away with their plant. They planted a little too thick. Well, it's But we'll it's have easy. a meeting about that. Yeah, yeah. it's easy. <laughs> Trust me, I, any of those really tiny seeds, yeah. it's like the first tray is, is pretty good, but when you're so, you know, when we're doing three or four trays of them, it, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you start sprinkling maybe. Right. <laughs> you think, I'll just, I'll just thin them later. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're doing now. So I'm, I go out there and I take one tray a day and I thin them out and I go back the next day so it doesn't get too big of a job, but I try to keep them thinned yeah. out. I'm like you. I love snapdragons, especially in the fall of the year. So, oh, yeah. So we got snapdragons, um, like I said, sweet peas and sweet william. Um, we're doing some new ones this year, uh, saponaria and feverfew. Ooh, um, so those are some new flowers that we're trying this year. Um, straw flowers are really easy they are. and they winter over beautifully for mm -hmm. us in zone 8b uh, they most things do require just a little bit of frost protection but you're not having to you know get the thick blankets and things like that and really when it just drops below that 32 even then they can take a little bit it's, it's usually the extended hours of being you know 32 degrees they right. can take a cool little drop and then right back up yep so I'm usually always watching like hour by hour. Yeah, you the one that stays up watching, or you on your phone watching the I've, weather every day. I've got now. like three weather apps, yeah. and I'm looking at, okay, hour by hour, what's the wind? You know, yeah. if there's a wind, as my grandpa always told oh, me, yeah. as long as there's a breeze, the frost won't, the frost won't land. Absolutely. So when you've got to pull out row cover, you, uh, you're watching everything. So we got a new variety that we got this, yes. that we just got in stock called Binary Giant Yellow Zinnia. And I have not planted this one yet, so I'm thinking about planting some. Do you think I got time to pull off zinnias now, or is it too late? They're about a 90, I mean, I've seen yours since 75 days to well, maturity. Let's heat, heat units. Yeah, so I... Uh, it's going to be close. It's going to be cutting it really close. Now, I may try. You could try, and then honestly, if it got to where it was getting cool, you could cover them. Yeah. You could do some, you know, you could certainly cover them, and... They would go right on through. Yeah, but you have experience with this particular zinnia right here. Yes, I grew uh, the Benary uh, Giant Yellow this spring, this summer, and it was, I loved it. It was one of my top producing flowers. It was, it mixed in beautifully with my uh, arrangements. And especially if you don't have a lot of sunflowers or I didn't, uh, I didn't grow enough sunflowers, that yellow pop, it's just mm -hmm. that pop, especially when you have like the, the red or the, the pinks and the greens and the blues and you got that bright yellow. Yeah. Um, and the heads were nice, big, you know, four inch heads. They, it was my favorite this year to grow. Really? We're really excited to have this giant yellow zinnia. And I could just see having a big bed just planted in these where he'd make quite a, uh, I know, I wish I still had some, I could roll it. Yeah. <laughs> So one other thing we want to do is we want you to try to give us a quick lesson on flower arrangements. Okay, so I will say I'm not a pro. Okay. This is all just But I will guarantee you you're a lot better than what I am. <laughs> so, um, and I typically don't, in, in my market, we I do market bouquets, so I don't do a lot of vase arrangements um, because I'm really not a floral designer. That That's a skill set that... It's all its own, and, and God bless those that do it because they're beautiful. I don't have the patience, I think, to, or I just overthink it. Right. Whereas um, market bouquets, I just, you know, you spin them and add them and spin them and add them, and then it just makes into this really pretty bouquet. And those are my favorite because they're just freeform. They're, they're not uh, so stiff looking. They're just wildflower. <laughs> so we got some zinnias here. We yes, got some California giant here. If you'll hand me that vase and we'll move it over here. And we're going to do a 
these zinnias, and we may put some little filler in there as well. So I tell you what, won't you take the clippers if you'll stand up here, and I'm gonna hand them to you, and you can kind of do your thing. Okay. So they talk about flower arrangements. Uh, one of the flower farming courses I took, and it went into a whole class on market bouquets. Is they talk about like the five key ingredients. So you've got like your focal flowers, um, your fillers. Um, how to make a list here? So you got your spikes your focals, your discs, um, your air, which kind of just grew, usually it's like baby's breath, mm -hmm. um, Queen Anne's lace, things that are real flowy. Um, flowy, I like the that flowy, word, flowy. flowy. To me, it just makes it look more wildflower yeah. and not so quite put together. Yeah. Um, so you always try to add all of those elements in. So we're going to do a real simple one We're going to do simple. So zinnias are considered like a disc flower or yeah. a focal flower, depending on what time of year it is. And right now, since zinnias are so I'm going to right there, and I'm going to hand you some. Now, you tell me which ones you want to read. Yeah. I just so I'm just going to mix the Ooh. colors up a little bit here. Next on that one. Uh-oh. So we're going to mix some of the colors. And you know, we could do a whole video on how to cut zinnias, because that's another interesting subject yes. there as well. But you see the long stems on them right there? Yes. There's a reason that's for that. That's that giant orange right there. Yep. That's beautiful. If y'all can see that, that's beautiful. And then, so now we just want to start adding in some greenery. Oh, I'm still at the zinnias. I need to back yep. up here. Yeah. So this is basil, which if you're not growing basil, basil has a lot of different great things you can do with it. So we were just talking before the show how well the bees love the, the basil. Yeah, see, I cut a lot of the side shoots off here uh -huh. because you just have to think that all that's got to stay hydrated and you really just want like this top part for greenery. So if you cut some of this stuff off, it won't wilt so quickly on oh, you. Oh, really? I'm... Now, do you cut it off close to the stem as you I can? Do. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm always trying to mix around my colors, the pinks and the oranges. I usually just work, I work around in a circle, twisting and turning as I go. If y'all can see that, that is some of those oranges. Are yeah, so oranges and yellows. And this time of year, um, you know, I kind of, my season ended in July. We kind of finished up because we just had some big projects going on on the farm. We're building some, we're building three uh, high tunnels and those needed to go over where my fields were at where we had our first sowings planted and so we had to just kind of I just had to make an executive decision that we just had to stop and let the workers get in there and get these tunnels put together so there's all the sometimes zinnias. you got to pick your battles that one's going to yes, be too and there's short just, so normally though if I had planted my zinnias or planted for a, a fall like going into our fall we would have planted a lot of the jewel tone colors mm -hmm. But I'm a, I love pink, so I, I will always grow a pink flower. I don't care if it's October. <laughs> yeah, pinks always do well. These are real ones. Is that enough? Yeah, so we're going to add. And then I brought a little bit of my flowers from what I had that reseeded. No, put that on the ground. Now we talk about our spikes. So we had some salvia, mm -hmm. Victorian blue, which is really pretty. Anytime you can add a blue or a purple in there. It just really makes anything pop. So again, we're just going to work around on the sides. Man, you're doing way better than what I would have done there already. And then, 
So we got a spike there with our Victorian blue, and then we've also got some celosia. We got different colors. And also the celosia gives you the greenery as well with the leaves. Mm -hmm. So you've got some nice greenery there. And then this is called red hibiscus. Yeah. So, so we grow a, uh, a roselle. I saw that on your website. Yeah, and so I was that, curious that, if it was similar. It's not. It doesn't have quite okay. the red color that it does, but it would work. So we're kind of working that around the outside. I'm all about dual purpose. What if you get one that gives you a food source and also gives you a flower as well? Yeah, that's like the basil. Yep. I mean, that's, I love it. And so our little air ingredient, I, you know, and you can forage around. There's so much you can find around your home that you probably would never think about. Um, I can't pronounce the scientific name, but blue bluebeard. Bluebeard, <laughs> yep. So that's your air. See how it's just yep. a little flowy? So yep. there's your air ingredient. Air. So when I'm talking to my buddies, I can mention these things like air and fillers, things like that. And you think they're Airs, yeah. filler. Yeah. So boys, I got to go they home just, with this. Um, from your hedges there. Yep. I gotta do some air fillers. Yeah, do some fillers. Yep. So, I mean, you take just a simple focal flower of zinnias and turn it into something so sweet. So we want to trim this off at a certain. So you got them all. So you work from the top down. So then we're gonna we're gonna trim everything off at the bottom. Yeah, you're gonna make an even cut. You may do that, or we can do it. Normally, right what I do, like if I'm having to do a base mm -hmm. arrangement, I kind of kind of feel like where I want that to go. Okay. And so I kind of know. I so right here, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow! And just like that. And just like that. <laughs> That's so, so much I'm, better. What I'm I very, done. I, I feel I'm very comfortable making like these types of arrangements. <laughs> Versus like the more structured floral arrangements and then of course you can always go back in and You know and play with it and add some things on the side yeah. if you feel like you got a hole somewhere So all of that right there those zinnias in there is a variety that we're selling called California giant So the binary giant mix has been a little bit on short supply this year. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I was amazed when I had to put my seed order together in um, just for my cool flowers. Yep. Um, how much? How many things were? Um, sorry, didn't do that. Over. How many? How many seeds were back ordered? Mm -hmm. um, so the Benary Giant is now. They tell us around January they're going to be right. available again. So what? And that's okay because they're a yeah, they're a warm season, and most people don't start those till. And we we I start those seeds um, usually the end of February, very early March. Right. So we got this variety here that we use there in that bouquet called the California Giants mix right here. Mm -hmm. And we don't sell these in seed packs. And the reason is, is this is a very economical variety to use here. So if you're planting in the vegetable garden and you're planting you a big area there for zinnias, this is a great variety here to use because you can buy a quarter pound of this yeah. for $12.99. I mean, zinnias are your go-to anybody you want, so you're just dabbling into flowers, zinnias are the way to go. <laughs> yeah, and this is a great variety right here. Now, if you're a flower farmer, right, I would definitely tell you go with the Benary Giant mix, hands down. But it is a lot more expensive than this. If you're they wanting are. to grow some for your own use, or you just want a big area to plant you some zinnias, 
This is a great choice right here for $12.99. And there is a lot of zinnia seeds in this right here. Yes. <laughs> so you can plant these, get them a little thick. It's okay. Or you could actually probably broadcast them. Now, I like to plant mine in rows. Out there. I got a, a patch going out there now that these came out of. So there you have it, folks. The California Giants Mix. We'll put a link below to this right here as well as the Venere Giant Yellow Zinnia. I'm excited they are carrying that yeah. color. <laughs> yep. The Venaries do really well for us. We just hope that yeah. supplies seem to get a little bit better this year. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about, okay, what if somebody wanted to make a little extra income off the farm, mm -hmm. off the homestead, or, and we hear this all the time, what if they have teenage kids or middle-aged kids and they want something they can do on the farm to make a little extra money? Right. I personally think flower farming is a great way to do that. Either to supplement or get your kids introduced to an agricultural product so they can understand business and they can also grow mm -hmm. something and be fun. I think it's a great way to do that. Yes. Um, definitely to get started, like we just talked about, the zinnias are, the seed isn't, it's very inexpensive seed and the germination rate is wonderful on it. It produces abundance of flowers. Um, so that one's definitely a go-to. Zinnia's number one. Zinnia's number one. They should be growing. And sunflowers. And sunnies. <laughs> sunnies yeah. is number two. Sunnies may be, a, you know, they call it a one-hit wonder. You know, one flower, one stalk. There are some branching varieties um, I've, I've grown over the years. But to me, for the space that it takes up, I can plant... I could plant just as many single stems in the amount of space that I need for a giant or a, a branching sunflower. And typically those have really smaller heads as well. They do. Um, so the, the single cut varieties, and there's so many out there now, so many colors you can, ex and that's what makes fun for the kids is seeing all the different colors. Um, but and normally, you know, when you sell those at a market, you can get anywhere from 75 cent to $1.25 a stem. Per stem. Per stem. Yes. Yes. So even doing a small patch or if you've got a larger, um, you know, acreage, you could even do a, um, a U-cut event. Um, a lot of people I've noticed have started doing those where they've got, you know, even just a little quarter acre where they'll plant a field and then open it up um, for a day or two and just have a, a U-pick event. Uh, that's, those are really popular and kids love to come out and do those. Kids love to cut flowers. Yep. They just love it. <laughs> so yep. you always have to plant, uh, you know, you always have to, I always joke when we had our, you know, we've got our raised beds. So I'd always let the kids have their own box because I'm particular about what's in my box and how things are cut and, you know, done. But in their box, they can do whatever they want. I would give them direction, but I didn't say, oh, no, don't cut that far down or, you know, don't cut that yet. I would let them, that was their box to explore. And so that, that's really where farming to me is, is really so special. So we got zinnias, we got sunflowers. Um, would you stick with those two? Or would you venture off? Maybe it was, let's stick with some, what people they could do in the summertime because kids have more time yes. or people generally have more time I mean, in the summertime because the days are longer. We just have yes. more time. So uh, the basils um, you yep. just showed, that, that one, you, that was just uh, like a regular eating, um, I'm not sure what brand or there, there's so many basils, but in cut flower production, some of the few that we use most often, um, and I don't, I don't think I cut any in my bucket, but we use the lemon basil mm -hmm. um, because it has a really good sturdy stem, which that one has a great stem as well. 
Um, and, but it has that smell. It has it that does. lemon smell. And so when people, like, when you put a bouquet together with zinnias and you put that little bit of lemon basil, and it's just that they smell it, and it's like their senses, and, you know, it's just wonderful. Uh, cinnamon basil is another one that has, like, a, a reddish burgundy leaf that's mm -hmm. really pretty. Um, so definitely play around with some of the herbs. Uh, I've seen rosemary and different uh, mountain mint. It's one I'm growing this year that I'm going to be... Spearmint. Spearmint. I mean, so, <laughs> so definitely think, think outside of the boxes, uh, you know, just not only flowers and vegetables, but herbs, because those are wonderful additions to any type of flower bouquet and to your kitchen, you know, to your, your home garden that you can utilize in your kitchen. And most well. of those herbs are real easy to grow and forgiving. They are. Yeah. They, they're forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> and my goodness, you plant anything with a mint, any mint family, and you better put it in a box. You better it's get gonna, out of the way. It's going to take over. Yeah. <laughs> um, Celosia is another one that's a little bit harder to germinate, but that's they are very heat tolerant, mm -hmm. um, and they come in all different shapes and colors, and those are a lot of My fun to My favorite grow. is probably the, oh, the coxcomb. Yes. You know, those those really make a uh, a splash anywhere you want to do. And they're, well, you're talking about heat tolerant and easy heat. to grow. Those are, those are nice. Those are champs. Um, they's always like little mini brains to me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm more of the uh, the plume. Yeah. The plume types uh, like this, you know, it's, they're just. I think this is flamingo feather. So I'm I'm more of a plume type celosia than the coxcomb. But yeah, these are nice red. Yes. Yeah, so, but they're they're beautiful. Like I said, they add the texture. They add the color. And so they're again easy to grow. They're easy. I mean, like I said they can they can be tricky to germinate. But you know, once you get the hang of that. Once they go in the ground, they are low maintenance. They're, there's not a lot of disease pressure on them. Mostly with those, it's some bugs you have to deal with. But disease-wise, they're they're very, very good. Yeah, that leads me to something else. You know, growing flowers, if you're looking at something to bring your kids into or to do to make a little extra money, you know, treating with pesticides is just about something you don't have to do with flowers. Very, no. <laughs> very seldom do I have to treat any of my flowers with an insecticide or fungicide. Well, you say that, but my kids, they like the bugs. Yeah. So they they love finding the spiders. Well, I was, look, I was talking and, about from a pest yeah, standpoint. From a pest, yeah. But, you know, you're talking about the, the bugs and things like that. So we, we don't spray on our farm. We um, we treat as organically as possible for the, with everything. Uh, and I even had a common best friend on the way here. I'll tell you a quick story since we don't treat and anything like i had that bucket of flowers in my back seat i'm driving on the way here and next thing i know there's a spot i could feel the web come down my face <laughs> and one of the green link spiders yeah. <laughs> had crawled up onto the <laughs> which but luckily, you didn't panic did you? i don't really have a fear of spiders <laughs> Yeah. I just seen him come down my face, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, yeah. you got to go." Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes we'll we'll cut stones out of the garden. We we'll get them inside, and we'll see if there's a few bugs there. Just simply carry them outside and shake them off. It's usually mine is usually always spiders. Yeah. So. The spiders are a good but one because good, so they eat the pests. They're, yep. they're fine. So what would you recommend as far as what they need to get started? You know, the biggest thing with flower farming, if you're starting on a small level biggest thing you need is knowledge and that right, research mm -hmm. you've got to spend some time and, and with the internet these days there's so much honestly sometimes it can be a little 
overwhelming. Or you can get some slanted information. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but there are a couple of great um, flower farmers who've been around and been in the business. I've mentioned Lisa Ziegler before, her book, Cool Flowers. I did, if you're wanting to talk about Hardy Annuals, this is the go-to book right there. Um, but there are so many knowledgeable flower farmers and find those that have been doing it a long time. Um, because you just gain so much knowledge because you learn something every year that you're growing and every mm -hmm. season that you're growing. So when you can partner up and, and read information from other farmers that have been doing it for years, that's you're already so far ahead when you get started. You don't have to make those mistakes if you can read and, and just kind of learn. Now, you're going to make some mistakes. <laughs> you're going to kill some things. Right. <laughs> um, that's just all part of farming. So we've already got a bug right here. But, but you know, really, truly, all you need, you know, you could go to the Home Depot one day and rent a walk-behind tiller. The far, mm -hmm. As far as the equipment you need is minimal to get started. To get started is minimal. Yeah. Um, really, it's just the knowledge of, like, just learning how to grow things, like how to start seeds, what, um, you know, what type of nutrients did they need, what, you know, the watering and things like that. But, but it's real, I don't... It's not that hard. No, it's no, it just hard. takes a little patience just, and willing to learn. Honestly, if anything, it teaches me patience yeah. because we're all, you know, we're we're in a instant gratification world. <laughs> like right. we like things done, like starting seeds this week. We started them Thursday. I was already in in the grow room, like looking, looking, like why well, have you? I'm like Jennifer. I, I do the same it thing. says seven to fourteen days. Just chill out. <laughs> yep. Let them do their thing. So if anything, farming teaches patience. Yep. Teaches patience. <laughs> so what about actually selling the product? You know, there's different ways that you could sell your product. Yeah. You could do farmer's markets. Mm -hmm. You could do what y'all call pop-up markets. Pop-up. Or you could do subscriptions. Yeah. Um, there's tons of different ways to sell your product. And honestly, it boils down to you as an individual and your time. Um, farmer's markets are pretty much every Saturday. Um, not all day, but normally you, mean, you have to get there and start setting up at 7 a.m. Most of them end around 1 or 2. Then you've got to break down. You've got to carry everything back home, wash all the buckets, put everything back up. So it's a full Saturday. So if, you, uh, you know, if you're a mom with kids that are in sports and have games on Saturdays and that's just your, the, the season that you're in right now, you know, as far as being a parent, that might not be the best thing for you to do right now as a farmer's market. That's where on, uh, they call them on farm or pop-up markets that you can have at your home. If you have, you know, live in an area that, that, that would support that, then that's great because then you can kind of do some things on your own time. You know, you can do like a Sunday evening. Um, I did some Sundays this past, uh, this past season and those were some of my best days, Sunday afternoon. And I thought, wow, okay, Sundays are great. Um, and for me, it allowed me to do more cutting because I do work another full-time job off the farm. Um, so when you do markets, you've got to think it's not just market day. You've got to spend days ahead of time Preparing getting for. things prepped and, you know, getting your flowers cut and, um, you know, getting your materials ready. So really, it, it depends. You really have to look at your time. What is your family? You know, what's going on within your family? You know, when you have small kids versus when you have older kids. Mine are older now. So guess what? Guess who gets to wash the buckets when we're done with the market? That's the 11 and the 13 year old. That's part of their chores. It's time to wash buckets. And yes, they complain about it. <laughs> but they do it. But they do it. Um, my 13 year old was great this year at helping me at the market. You know, she's really good in math. So guess who was taking money? And I showed her how to use the credit card machine. You know, so. You know, that's just a wonderful way to explain yes. to them how real world yes. works. And when I grew up, we grew up, my parents, um, 
and my grandpa, we grew up in, we had farmer's markets growing up. And I remember my dad and my grandpa, you were not allowed to put the change, like the cash tender into a register. You had to count change back, which is a lost art. <laughs> so I was teaching, you know, my daughter, no, we're not getting our phone out and getting a calculator. You're going to count the change back. You know, somebody gives you a 20 or, you know, whatever. We're going to count the money back. Yeah. So that's, it's great skills. Yeah. Um, they've helped me, you know, they've, they've held flashlights at night where I've had to cut flowers. But like I said, they're, they're CSAs, or I think you called them a subscription. subscription. So you would do this, explain, uh, you know, say you had doctor's offices or you had businesses in towns that you could sell them the system so you replace their flowers on a weekly basis. Even homeowners that you, you know, yeah. gave them, they, every so often you got a new bouquet of flowers yeah that's really become popular now with flower farmers is the the csa or the community supported agriculture which came really from the vegetable farmer side but essentially what you do is you would set up a six depending on where you live um because some growing seasons are short and some are very long you can set up a six week eight week a ten week csa a subscription where that customer would would buy a subscription you would supply them for flowers let's just say for eight weeks and every week, um, they would either, you would have to do a, a, a delivery where you would drop it off on their front door. Or if you had a, a focal point, like within a community that, you know, you could set something up where you could drop off the flowers here for Sally. These are her flowers. So there's different ways. Um, those always scared me in the beginning because when because people pay for that up front. So you're you're committing. So you're committing. Yeah. Um, and and so that always made me nervous, especially starting out until I really got a handle on what flowers were going to be growing and blooming in this season, like at this time point. Now, if I start my subscription on April first. I better have flowers that are blooming April 1st. So it took me a couple of years, you know, taking notes and documenting, okay, if I planted this flower on this date and it bloomed on this date, this flower got planted here, it bloomed on here. And we take a ton of pictures. I take a ton of pictures on the farm, uh, walking around, just kind of like my, it's my library. So I can go back and say, when did that first ranunculus bloom last year? So I know, okay, about February 3rd, I was snapping pictures of my first ranunculus. So the subscriptions are great because you get that income up front um, because normally you know a farmer doesn't make money until you sell your product this way you get the product or the money up front and that's able to give you income so you can purchase more material you know seeds and things like that but again you had to you know you've got to deliver right <laughs> so yeah and with first time out, yeah, it made me a little nervous to do but that, you got that but, recurring revenue which i'm a big fan of so right it comes back and over again right with any of those systems that we mentioned there, social media, whether it be Instagram or Facebook, is a huge important driver of the business itself. Right. And we're afforded that in a good way now. We can use those tools mm -hmm. to do that, just like your pop-up markets that you do right. on the weekend. You drive those with your social media. Yeah, I, you know, you always try to be consistent on the days you're doing it. So I always tried, like, in the early spring, oh, we had so many ranunculus and snapdragons that were just the fields were just bursting in color. So we needed one market a week wasn't going to move all the flowers I had coming in. So I tried to do a Thursday and a Saturday. Um, I know a lot of farmers, um, they'll try to do like, if they do a subscription service and they do a market, they do their subscriptions like in the early part of the week. That would make sense. And then you do, your, you know, because most markets yeah. are on the weekend. So you kind of can break it up. Um, if you've got a lot of flowers to move. Mm -hmm. So it was nice when we had an abundance coming in early spring, which springtime, early spring through early summer is like, 
it's just it's just amazing. <laughs> it <laughs> it just, there's just flowers and vegetables. I mean, everything's just like and everybody's in the mood. Everybody's happy. They're coming yeah. off of winter. Everybody's excited. You know, we got sunshine. We've got color. We've got a little warmth. And so those are your busiest times. And so you really want to you really want to think ahead in the fall at what we're doing now, making spreadsheets and so making you can sure take advantage so we can of, take advantage yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, a flower takes, you know, 90 to 120 days. Yeah. So you can't, you can't wake up, you know, March and be like, Oh, we need to start. Some nope. <laughs> You've missed your window. <laughs> you you got to, there's definitely a lot of planning. What would you say the don'ts or what not to do? Give me an idea of some mistakes that you've made that you would give advice to people that wants to dabble into this what not to do okay so first of all i would say don't try to go don't try to get too big too fast especially if you've never grown anything because um, everybody has you know different um, skill sets and things like that so if you've never grown anything start small and then of course mm -hmm. as you learn and as as you um and as you grow as a farmer you, you it, it's not so intimidating um i mean i started with I think I had my raised bed gardens, which are 14 raised beds, and then I had two uh, 60 by 70 foot plots. And then by the midsummer, I had done tilled up another plot because I, I felt pretty good about what I was doing. I felt more confident about yeah. it. I'm like, I can do this. I can grow. Yeah. <laughs> I can grow this flower. Yeah. So we, I added another plot. Um, and then this past year, we added a fourth plot. And this year, you know, right now we're in the middle of building three high tunnels. So I've just every year just kept growing. So I would say don't try to start and do everything at one time. Um, really sit back and think about what, you, you know, what your family and your lifestyle will allow you to do and then kind of go from there. But on the other flip side, don't get so intimidated that you just don't start anything because I have a habit sometimes too of, you know, if you look at the big picture too too much, it just seems overwhelming, and then you kind of get do it, stuck. Yeah. So you kind of just have to start. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to start somewhere, and then just one more step, and one more step. And don't give your product away. Yes, and I will say that's a lot of. And if you get into like the flower farming forums on social media, they will talk about um, people who de devalue because it's just a flower, so I'm just gonna charge that. So, no, that's, that's a lot of work that goes into growing that zinnia. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of, you know, you got to start the seeds. You, I mean, all the materials, you have to buy the soil, you know, mm -hmm. germination mix, the trays. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of cost that goes into growing that one flower. Right, and there is value there. And there's value there. And it, I think for me, one of the hardest things I've had to value is my time. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I don't, I don't, factor in sometimes the amount of time I spend in the garden. But if I was getting paid, you know, an hourly wage to be in that garden, I've just spent, you know, 40 hours this week. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> when you look at how much I mean, time you, you, when you look there. how much time you actually, you know, I've been, like I said, I, we, my husband has been on our golf cart with the, the strobe light on at night so I could cut flowers for a market the next day. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you do things like that. <laughs> So, yeah. yes, I would just say make sure you're you're looking at the amount of time you're spending because as farmers and sometimes we just love to do it like it's just a passion. So we don't think about that that is actual work. Those are work hours. And when you are in that farm or at that farm working, you're in that field working. That's also time you're not with your family. Right. 
So or if you make it a family affair, it could I mean, be. Yeah, it, you it can. Could be, but when so you got young teenagers. <laughs> yeah, it can be stressful. <laughs> Sometimes I joke because my mom, you know, because we grew up where you just didn't stay inside and watch TV. You just worked on, you just worked outside. But my mom will come over some days and I'll be out there cutting flowers. And she's like, where's your kids? Why are they here? And I'm like, mom. I want the peace and quiet. Like, so, so sometimes it's your getaway. Yeah. Sometimes it's my escape is to the garden, right. or especially you know, like I say, I work away from home too. So after being at a desk all day and you know dealing with that, I like to just come home and work in the garden. Your therapy. That's my therapy. I don't really want my eleven and thirteen year old who likes to just. Da, 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 da. I'm like, I need my quiet time. <laughs> but yeah. it is, it, it is fun, and they do. I mean. I know looking back how much, um, like when my grandpa would make us go pick up pecans and all that, how much I just dreaded it and I hated it and I swore I'd never do it if I ever got big enough. I would never do it. And then last year I was out there just happily picking them up. So I know when the kids are out there with me and they're groaning and complaining and they're whining and I just tell them to suck it up, you're going to do it. I know eventually one day, one day, it might be 20 years from now. One day. They will look back yeah. and say, that was real fun. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of fun out there with mom cutting flour. Right. You know, my 11-year-old boy, like, it's a flat. Because I'll make yeah. you cut. Nothing gets better uh, traction on Instagram than a little boy holding flowers. And yeah. so I would make Peyton, like, be my little model. And, oh, my gosh, he would get so mad at me. <laughs> and we'd have to take so many pictures because he would just, like, <laughs> and I'm like, smile. Yeah. You know, and I'm just, boy. <laughs> Yeah. There's nothing he wanted his buddies to see. No, no. But I know one day he'll look back yep. and think that So that we got it. Fun. There you go, folks. It gives yeah. you an idea Sorry, of what you could do, what you could do to yeah. involve your family, your kids, mm -hmm. or if you just want to make some extra money on the homestead during those, you know, I would recommend to make it to start mm -hmm. with just a summer thing. Start yes. with your zinnias, your sunflowers, your some of the herbs we talked about. Get involved in it. Find what works for you. Mm -hmm. The different business models there, because it's going to be according to your location. You know, if you got a big farmer's market next to you, it may work. If you're in a very rural area, it, right. something else may work. Find what works for you. But it's a great opportunity to get your kids involved. Let them make a little extra money. Let them enjoy it. Let them understand business a little bit, how things work. And I think it would be a great strategy for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So we normally do a little what we call corny joke of the week. Okay. <laughs> so this week I got a riddle. How about that? A riddle. I'm going to let you guess the riddle. So what does everyone have on their face? <laughs> Tulips. <laughs> I got one for you. Yeah. I, I, what did the big flower say to the little flower? Whew. I don't know. Hey, bud. <laughs> That's a good one as well. So there you go, folks. You got a riddle and a, and a joke that you can use at your uh, family get-together at the family dinner table this week. So great to have you, Jennifer. Thank, Thank you for the insight there. I think people can use that information there. Maybe sh give them some ideas of what they can do on the homestead, on the farm. Oh, yeah, definitely. There, there's so many things that you could do on your I mean, I, that's kind of what we started is we just created our own little homestead there. I mean, you know, we started growing our own little vegetables and added some flowers and then realized, Boom. hey, flower farming is a thing and we could, you know, make some money on this. So it's kind of where I started from So there. you make some money and you brighten people's day also. That's right. Yep. And you put that money back into the farm yep. and make it bigger. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that. That's right. All right. Well, thank you all folks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it. Now it's time to get out there and get dirty. Mm -hmm.